This is Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics, the law, a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Jessica Levinson, a professor at Loyola Law School. I'm joined today by the show's co-host, Joe Armstrong, and we are going to focus today on a big piece of continuously breaking, breaking over and over again, sometimes breaking the hearts of many of us, news. So Joe, what are we focusing on today? Hello, Jessica. I know we've been keeping a close eye on the implementation and challenges to SB8. That's Texas's new highly restrictive abortion law that criminalizes abortion in the state of Texas after approximately six weeks. Now, as we've discussed many times, that's before many women even know that they are pregnant. The latest development is that on Wednesday of this week, a federal judge issued an order that temporarily at least stopped the implementation of SB8. U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman issued a 113-page ruling on SB8 Wednesday saying, quote, that other courts may find a way to avoid this conclusion is theirs to decide. This court will not sanction one more day of this offensive deprivation of such an important right. So, Jessica, for supporters of abortion rights, this seems like some kind of victory, but can you please tell us why it is or perhaps isn't? It is, Joe, some kind of victory. And I will say from my perspective, unfortunately, probably a very temporary one. So I know we've talked about the law before, but very briefly, Texas's law allows any private person to sue any other private person who, quote, aids or abets a woman in obtaining access to an abortion in Texas. Now, the reason I'm emphasizing that is because that's really weird. That's not typically how we set up laws. Typically, it's the government who directly enforces laws that they pass. But Texas created the situation where there's a private right to sue a private individual. And that created a whole host of like procedural messes for the court. And so this particular case that we're talking about, Joe, is the Department of Justice suing the state of Texas. So it's the federal government suing the state. And one of the big questions here was, is Texas even the right defendant? And Texas was saying, we're not even the ones who enforce this law. Sure, we passed it, but then we kind of threw it over there. This really needs to be dealt with between two private individuals. And what Judge Pittman said in what can only really be viewed as an 113-page, you know, blank you to Texas is, no, actually, the federal government can sue you, Texas. We can get over those procedural issues. And the law that you passed is not constitutional. Look at the current standard under Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey and know that a six-week ban on abortions is not, in fact, permissible. So the reason I said I think that this is temporary is because I think it was 59 minutes, maybe I'm exaggerating, after Judge Pittman's temporary injunction, which again would pause the Texas law, um, Texas appealed to the Fifth Circuit. And that, of course, is a very conservative circuit. All right, Jessica, we know how much effort Texas put behind SB8. And like you said, I can't imagine that the Lone Star State won't challenge that challenge. Am I right on this? Exactly right. I mean, that's why they ran to the Fifth Circuit. That is their challenge to this challenge. And they will ask the Fifth Circuit to essentially push pause on Judge Pittman's ruling, which pushes pause on the Texas law. Or phrased in plain English, What Texas is going to do is say to the Fifth Circuit, 
disregard Judge Pittman's trial court order, allow Texas's law to remain in effect. Then what happens, Joe, of course, is that whoever loses before the Fifth Circuit, the Court of Appeals, will almost certainly uh, then appeal back to the Supreme Court. And that means that the Supreme Court will probably have another emergency appeal dealing with Texas's law that they very, very likely will hear before they even get to that big abortion case that we keep talking about, Mississippi's law, which bans abortions after 15 weeks. That's going to be argued on December 1st. I see them having to do something with this Texas law, particularly in light of this new ruling before December 1st. All right. So Texas wants to challenge the challenge by pausing the pause. So, Jessica, the big question on my mind and a lot of other people's minds since September 1st, when this law went into effect, abortions after six weeks became illegal in Texas and that brought them to a standstill. So will abortions resume in Texas under the new laws they had in place before SB8? So I think the answer is not to nearly the same extent that um, abortions were being provided pre-September 1st when SB8 went into effect. And that's for a couple of practical and legal reasons. Now, first, the practical reasons. Um, It's not easy to get an abortion clinic and or a doctor up and running immediately, particularly when I think a lot of people envision that this may be a very temporary hold on Texas's law. Um, but the other reason, a legal reason, is that the way Texas's law is written, and this is kind of weird and a little bit complicated and kind of genius if you are Texas, is that the law says even if an injunction is put in place, meaning even if some judge pushes pause on Texas's law, then if that injunction is later lifted, anybody who aids and abets a woman in obtaining an abortion during the time that Texas's law was paused, they can later be sued. And so it really creates a chilling effect or a disincentive for anyone to help women obtain an abortion after six weeks, even while there is this injunction. You know, some reporting I've read on the ground is that Doctors are, in fact, starting the wheels, letting women know that, uh, at least for this period of time, that they can obtain an abortion, and therefore um, people will be risking being sued later on if um, the injunction is, in fact, lifted. All right. So in that 113-page ruling, Judge Pittman also wrote the following, quote, The American legal system cannot abide a situation where constitutional rights are only as good as states allow. What about the balance of power between federal courts and challenging state laws? Is this some kind of turf war? Is this federal encroachment or overreach of some kind? Is this the kind of slippery slope that Texas is talking about, or is this something else? This is such a good question because we really do have so many kind of weird matchups here because, of again, the way Texas's law is written, because it allows private individuals to enforce this law against other private individuals. Again, let's remember, typically a state passes a law and then the state directly is the one to enforce that law. Now, as I talked about briefly before, one of the arguments that Texas made is, well, look, we don't enforce this law, so don't sue us. And what Judge Pittman really found is, yeah, Texas, you do, right? You have to file these suits with a clerk. That clerk works for the government. 
And then there's a state court judge who oversees these cases. So what Judge Pittman's decision did is really enjoin, meaning stop, members of the Texas government from in any way helping to enforce these private rights of action. Now, you ask me, is this, you know, a turf war? I mean, to a certain extent, it is when you look at that sentence where Judge Pittman is really, I think, agreeing with the Department of Justice's argument here. And the Department of Justice argument, I would say, boiled down to its essence is, okay, we have federal law. Federal law comes from 1973 Roe v. Wade, and it comes from 1992 Planned Parenthood versus Casey. They both indicate that states cannot impose undue burdens on a woman's ability to obtain access to an abortion before about 24 weeks. Texas's law is a ban, and it's a ban at six weeks, and therefore the state law contravenes federal law. We have something called supremacy clause and federal law supreme. So in a way, it is a matchup between the federal government and states. And the reason I'm hedging a little bit is because there is all this kind of weird procedural complexity that hopefully we clarified a bit. I hope so, too. Now, Jessica, Judge Pittman's temporary suspension of SB8 is not the only challenge to this new law. What is the current status of the other challenges? Yeah, so there are other challenges, as you said, that we really need to keep our eyes on when it comes to SB8. And one of them, I think, that I'll focus on just as I answer this is a challenge where there was a doctor who wrote an op-ed and he said, I violated this law. I helped a woman obtain an abortion. I performed an abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. And he did this very clearly to be part of a test case where he said, sue me. And so he is, in fact, being sued, I believe, by two plaintiffs. Both are former lawyers who I think are not in good standing with their respective bars. And in that case, what he will argue, I believe, is, okay, you're trying to enforce this law against me, but the law is, in fact, unconstitutional. And that case avoids a lot of the procedural questions that we've been talking about in this particular case, the Department of Justice versus Texas. And as I said, that case is one to watch. It's in the very early stages. It's nowhere near trial. Really, I think the last big thing to happen in that case is that it was filed. Those cases were filed. All right, Jessica, that brings us to crystal ball time. This has been a lot of drama. I know you and I have watched this unfold. A lot of the news cycle has watched this unfold over the last month or two. It's a lot to watch unfold in real time. What, Jessica, do you think happens next in this case? So I think the next steps we talked about a little bit is that Texas has already run to the Fifth Circuit and they've said, we are appealing this. They'll formally file the basis of their appeal where they'll essentially say, okay, Fifth Circuit, swat away Judge Pittman's ruling here. Don't allow this temporary injunction to stand. Let's remember that the Fifth Circuit is a very conservative circuit. I expect that they probably will vote with Texas and or side with Texas, I should say. And then this case will likely be appealed to the Supreme Court. Now, what happened in this last time um, when this case went up to the Supreme Court? Well, first they were silent and their silence allowed Texas's law to go into effect. And then they wrote this order where I would argue they basically cloaked themselves in the 
procedural confusions and complexities, and they try to protect their decision by saying, well, you know, this is just too hard. It's written in a way so that Texas isn't the one to enforce this law. I'm paraphrasing here. Everybody, I'm, you know, absolutely paraphrasing. That's not exactly what the majority said. And um, I think that the Supreme Court might do something similar. And then the question, Joe, is like, how much do we then wait to see what the Supreme Court will do with that big Mississippi case that they're going to hear on December 1st? All right. And that brings us to that case, Jessica, before we get out of here today, as we discussed in our recent Supreme Court 2021-2022 term preview episode, the court will hear that challenge to abortion rights in early December that may render Texas's new law moot. Am I right about that? So yes and no. What I would say is the Mississippi law, as we've mentioned, it essentially bans all abortions after 15 weeks. Given everything that's happened recently in the Supreme Court, I would say there are at least five, probably six votes to allow Mississippi's law to be upheld. And the only question in my mind, as I think I said in our preview episode, something along the lines of, is the court going to say Roe v. Wade is overturned? Or will they just say, we're still protecting a woman's ability to obtain access to an abortion? That's still protecting the Constitution. It just protects a whole lot less than you think it did. And so it allows Mississippi's law to stand. At that point, then you have to look at states like Texas, where Texas's law is much more restrictive even than Mississippi's law. And you have to figure out, will Texas try and go forward and say, okay, now you've narrowed it to 15 weeks. Let's try our hand at six weeks. And the answer is probably yes. Then Texas will come and say, all right, now uphold our six-week ban. And um, I really don't know if the court would be willing to go that far. There is a big difference between six weeks and 15 weeks, particularly when, let's remember, you count weeks from the date of a woman's last period, not from conception. And so Texas's law, um, I know I sound like a doctor, and I'm certainly not one, but Texas's law essentially gives women somewhere around uh, 14 days to try and obtain an abortion. And I just don't know what would happen. We have to basically wait to see what decision the court makes likely in June of 2022 in the Mississippi case. All right, Jessica. So if there is a challenge to the challenge to the challenge or an unpause of the pause of the pause, we will keep you, our passing judgment listeners, informed as to whatever happens next when it comes to these legal and political challenges. Jessica, thank you for sorting this out with us today. Thank you. It is always a pleasure. You can find Jessica on Twitter and Instagram at Levinson Jessica. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and elsewhere at In-Depth Day. The podcast itself, you can find on Twitter at Pass Judgment Pod and on Instagram at Passing Judgment Pod. Stay tuned for more episodes, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.